Oh, and welcome to another edition of the Hotcast. I am your host, Chicago Fire Editor for Hot Time and Time Reputation. Joining me, as always, is RJ, my co-host. RJ, first game in the books. Uh, before we get into the details, like we usually do, how are you doing, first of all? Good. I just ate a corned beef sandwich from from um, Mar- uh, from Marine Sub, I believe, or I don't know. My girlfriend got it for me. It's, it's somewhere it's somewhere near Six Corners, so. but it was pretty good. Yourself? Uh, what did you have for dinner? Uh, I had a burrito. Okay. And uh, speaking of corned beef sandwiches, I went to Manny's on Friday. Okay. I'll so. Uh, it's great. I love Manny's. Uh, they have the soda fountains back up, which is good. Uh, and uh, I got a corned beef sandwich that was as big as my head. So it took me two days to eat it. I am, nice. I am happy. Speaking of being happy, I'm pretty happy with the scoreless draw that the Chicago Fire had over Inter-Miami uh, over this past weekend on opening day. Granted, they did draw the opening game last season as well, a 2-2 draw with the New England Revolution. But I'll take it, uh, this game over that one because that one, if you remember, um, was a soon-to-be-trademark Chicago Fire collapse, which did not happen this week. RJ, Fire go in to Miami. Well, technically, they go into Fort Lauderdale and get themselves a clean sheet. First of all, um, on the overall performance, how do you think they did? Um, what did you like? What needs to be improved? Um, just just give me your overall like first thoughts before we get in detail. It, it was an okay game. Um, the Fire could have won. They should have won. I... If I were a fan, I wouldn't be happy for that draw, to be quite honestly. I mean, um, I think a lot of stuff from last season is still creeping up or still, you know, popping up from this team, such as the finishing. So I, I think that's my only complaint about this game. I think overall, everything was structured. Everything was compact. Um, just need that finishing. Just need that finishing touch. Well, I, I mean, it was structured in so far as... It was for both teams because in the second half there, the game sort of devolved into chaos uh, around the 50-minute mark, and it never sort of left uh, a chaotic state. But within that chaos, um, you know, mentally, it's a different club. Um, Gaston Jimenez, I thought, kept his head in the game for the most part um, and didn't. Uh, 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 he made a bunch of turnovers still, but a lot of his turnovers were trying to make plays as opposed to just like forgetting you had the ball at your feet or making a lazy pass. It's like he, he was always trying for something um, while passing the ball. And actually, his his pass percentage, I thought, um, was okay. You know, with Jimenez... So, yeah, I have start with Jimenez first of I, all. I have no complaints with him as a player on the field. I mean, yeah, there there are times, especially last season, where he could have done better. He could have done better passes, you know, better, I guess, um, more defensive uh, positioning out the pitch. But uh, I just have a problem with this, you know, out of the field antics. But you know, speaking of him as a player, he did fine. He did okay. 
He did his job. Well, so far he's been engaged and with it, and and is bought into what Ezra Hendrickson is selling. Um, so this remains to be seen throughout the rest of the year. But so far, you know, preseason and this first game, there haven't been any off the field issues with him. Um, going back to stuff that happened last year, I thought Miguel Navarro was better. I mean, there's the one play where, I don't know, I've been obsessing over it since it happened. The 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 dive um, that Yedlin got, you know, initially and then, and then VAR reversed it. But I don't know if you saw how we got to that situation. But Yedlin gave Navarro a head fake and sent him completely the wrong direction. Uh, and that's how he, he was able to get that space. And frankly, it, it like if, if there wasn't VAR to call off that penalty, he would have earned that penalty because of how good his move was um, to, to get that space and then cut inside on Navarro. But aside from that, I thought Navarro played really well. Um, he definitely was able to, if not stop DeAndre Yedlin, but get enough in his way to make Yedlin's life difficult most of the time. Um, and he was pretty good going forward, even though he really didn't factor in all that much in the attack, um, you know, with touches and, and stuff on the ball but his runs were good enough where he created space for his wing partner and uh shakiri who we will talk about a lot probably in this podcast uh to have room to work and he did a good job creating space offensively so i thought navarro had a very good game um i thought sekulich was sekulich uh he does have trouble um, when he's got his feet running towards his goal. Uh, but if he's able to play straight up and with it, with his back to goal, uh, facing you coming at him, he was pretty good. Uh, I thought attacking wise, he enabled, uh, Stanislav Ivanov very well. Um, and I mean, that's what I thought of the outside backs. Um, what did you think of Sekulich and Navarro before, we talk about uh, Rafael Chico's and uh, what he brought. Uh, Navarro was great. He's really matured into that role. Um, he said everything that I would have said. Uh, for for Sekulich, though, it's it's not his fault. But you know, during the game, that flank was uh, Miami's trying to was trying to expo- like exploit that flank, and it really isn't his fault. Um, I think. Ivanov needs to backtrack a little bit more. I I mean, which, you know, he can. He, he's not like Stojanovic, which, who, you know, refuses to defend a bit. But I, I think if once Ivanov becomes more familiar with the team, because this is a completely different new team than, you know, the one that he started with, uh, I believe, late last season, then he'll be able to, you know, link up with, you know, Sekulich. A little bit better. But yeah, um, no complaints with Sekulich. You know, I've always rated him. Um, you know, he's good defensively. He's good 
you know, going forward. So there's that. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I think that that's just going to be how it is this season is they're going to attack. Teams are going to think that the weak link in the fire defense is on the right side because you've got Sekulich, who we know has his weaknesses try, uh, running backwards and defending. And either Wyatt Almsberg or Carlos Tehran, who don't have a lot of experience playing in MLS. And in the case of Tehran, is a young player who might be prone to make mistakes. So I think we're going to see teams attack that side of the field a lot. Um, regardless of how well they played. I thought, I thought given under the circumstances, Sekulich did play well. I agree with you. Um, I thought that the, he's going to lose sometimes just based on the quantity of the play that's on that, his side of the field. So he's going to lose some of the time. I think Olmsberg and uh, Shikos did a good job of recognizing that and adjusting accordingly. Um, Shikos especially, I wrote about it in my um, What We Learned piece about Shikos, about how, you know, we thought he was good when he they signed him. And, and through the preseason, you could, you could see his quality. But uh, when the whistle blew for real, man, he showed the leadership and poise uh, that you want to see. And um, technically, he played well, too. You know, unlike Francisco Calvo, he stayed calm when things got crazy in the second half. He made a bunch of plays tracking back. He made a couple of game-saving tackles. He threw shot attempts off to where it was predictable enough for Gagas Lunina to be in the right spot to make the saves. Um, he, he was a proper center back and that's something that the fire have not really had in a leadership role, arguably since Arna Friedrich, because you can talk about Bastian Schweinsteiger all you want. He wasn't a really, a, a, he was a, a, he was a, uh, bandaid at best at center back. Yeah. I mean, for, for the first time, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll pay attention to the back, but I really didn't give any attention to the back because I knew that Cicho's was going to make the right moves. I mean, I was I was mo- mostly concerned about the midfield forwards, but but yeah, Cicho's you know unlike Calvo and, and Schweinsteiger, he he doesn't play hero ball. He's actually competent at that role. You know, he's not going forward unless he needs to go forward. He's not you know. Um, running around, you know, left and right, unless he needs to, he's, he's rock. He's a solid foundation. And, you know, that's something that the fire sorely needing for a while now. And, you know, I'm glad they have him. Yeah. He, he was great. He got the hot time man of the match award. And, um, looking at the voting with uh, the poll closes sometime, I think tomorrow night, uh, I set it to close. Uh, he currently, so, so when this comes out, I think you'll have some time to vote. Uh, he is currently, Ooh, it, it closed up. Um, 
He's got 36% of the vote, and Shodan Shakiri, who we will talk about next, this is actually a really good segue, is uh, 31% of the vote. But when I went to bed last night, he had something like 56% of the vote for Man of the Match, uh, Shikos did. The, the only thing I am concerned about is, you know, Sechos can, you know, do as many things as he wants to, but, you know, you also have to take a look at Tehran Navarro. Yeah, Navarro, Navarro's, you know, he's matured, so has Tehran, but, you know, there's still a liability. Well, and, like, Tehran, you know, what's going to happen next to Shikos is important. Uh, Olmsberg, I thought, played okay. Um, I think when Tehran's healthy, he'll be starting because I think he's a little better than than Omsberg. But um, I, I I think as the season goes on, you'll start to see the defender next to him have more confidence because they don't have to worry about what's happening next to them like they did when when Calvo was there. Um, so let's move on to the midfield, sort of the. Um, I, I don't want to say weak link, but the five midfielders who are out there to start the game, uh, Jimenez, Ivanov, Shakiri, Herbers, um, they had a hard time peri- during periods of the game. Um, Matt Doyle mentioned it. I mentioned it about how the fire can't really go vertical. And that's going to cause teams to squeeze them in midfield because they don't really have the ability to, to stretch the defense out that much. And we saw some of that. We saw you know Miami sort of crowding the passing lanes in the midfield, getting turnovers and, and, and quickly counterattacking. Um, what, what did you think of the midfield before the midfield performance before we talk specifically about Sheridan Shakiri and how he played just as a whole? What did you think? I think it was all over the place. Um, some in a good way, some in a bad way. Uh, in, a, in a good way, Herbers, who you know I've compared to a VTech engine, um, he did a lot of cleaning up, um, you know, in the midfield, especially you know around uh, Jimenez, around Shakiri. And you know that's a good thing, but you know that's also that's also a bad thing because. If you had someone else, maybe who could stretch the defense in that position, you wouldn't need Fabian yeah. to come in and clean up. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean he's versatile, but you know you shouldn't rely on him for that. And I, I don't think he's a star anymore. I think you know he's a super sub at best. Mm-hmm. You know, cleaning up the um, the latter parts of the game. So th- this will come back to haunt the fire unless they make the necessary adjustments. Um, well, they've got two months until Jairo Torres comes in, who's presumably taking that spot. Yeah, so, but, you know, we'll see. I know we have this debate whether, you know, you put, you know, you put him out in the wing or you put him in the ten, but, you know, what else? Um, we talked about Jimenez earlier. Um, when Fede Navarro came in, I think he did a good job, you know, mm-hmm. as best as he could. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, my praise goes to Herbers. And, of course, Shakiri. We'll talk about Shakiri, But, you know, Herbers is an unsung hero, at least in my opinion. Um, let's talk about Shakiri because I think the two players with the most interesting games on the fire were Stanislav Ivanov and Sheridan Shakiri, largely because they fed really well off each other. 
Um, you know, despite the fact that Ivanov missed, you know, his his sort of three goal scoring opportunities, Shakiri put him in positions to succeed. And that's not really something you could say of a number 10 of the Chicago Fire for the last several years is that they now have a guy who can make your players better. Um, Because one of the things about Ivanov, if you compare him this year to last year, a lot of the difference is that Shakiri just knows where to put the ball to make him a better player. Whereas like before you had Madron who was never really on the same page with him. You had Stojanovic who God bless him kept trying to win games by himself because he didn't really see the value in everybody else. And frankly, who could blame him really, but still, um, and you had Dax McCarty a couple of years ago, obviously not with Ivanov, but you had Dax McCarty a couple of years ago. Who's not a number 10. He's a number eight. Um, the fire finally have that guy in the middle and, and yeah, he was rusty. He only completed about 70% of his passes, but the passes he did complete were jaw dropping in a lot of ways and, and how good they were, how crisp they were, how they got the players in stride, how, you know, he put the ball in places where the fire could do something with it as opposed to just putting it out there and hope that somebody can run onto it. Um, and his corners and set pieces were all fine to great. Um, except for the one time he took a shot from 40 yards, but he's going to do that. You know, uh, what did you think of Shakiri? I thought, you know, one of the positives of this game is that, that was like Shakiri at like 65, 70%. Um, before we get into Shakiri, though, and I do agree with you know some of your points, uh, let me just briefly touch upon Ivanov. Um, Ivanov is he's being played in the right position, so he he will get a lot of service from you know from Sekulich, from Shakiri, and you know all he needs to do is just you know just finish. I think he's going to blossom in that role that, you know, the fire has uh, placed him in. And, you know, we'll see once uh, Torres comes on. But uh, switching on to Shakiri, um, some observations first. I've noticed that, you know, some players were hesitant to pass to him, but I think they need to realize that Shakiri. Let's, I'm trying to say this in a non-demeaning way, but he's the straw. Well, that let's, let's be honest; he's on a higher level. Oh yeah. Well, than, I, he's the straw that stirs the drink. He's the he's the he's the go button. He's yeah. Just just pass it to Shakiri. He knows what he's doing. I mean, like Shakiri and some of these inner Miami players are literally day and night, and you know that that's that's something you know I hope you know, uh, Ezra will address or, you know, in the future, or, or at least, you know, the team can better blend in the future because just pass it to Shakiri. I mean, Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's going to be the most foul player, you know, in the league, you know, he was the best player on both teams. 
Yeah. That's not a question. He 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 was he was that good. Um, I mean, but yeah, I, I hope you know that isn't demeaning to the other players, but you know, he's on a different level. It is what it is, right? Yeah, I think everyone knows that, but just passing him, he knows what to do. Um, quickly, quickly, I don't know if it's quickly. What did you think of Shabilko? Uh, I'd say he was a bit anonymous, but he he was actually doing a lot to create a lot of the space the fire had, and it's just when a game starts, um you know, in the second half when it's sort of moving up and down and quickly, that's not really what he does well anyway. So it really wasn't his fault that the game wasn't sort of broke down. And we know that he needs not structure exactly, but but he needs uh, order in order to play to his full potential. Uh, so with, yeah, so with Shabilko, he was pulling a Barrich, but in a good way because Barrich did, you know, create a lot of spaces. But at least with, with Shabilko, he's aware of you know the space around him. You know, he, he tried finishing. I mean, he tried shooting. He tried you know scoring goals, but you know he, he's still a bit rusty. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up in a bit. It, it, you know. Because, like, Barrich would do that, but then he would also, like, wander out to the sideline for no reason. And, and you know, stuff like that. But positional, positionally, I thought he was in the right spots. It just, it just wasn't, you know, a game for him. Um, I believe he, had, he did have the highest expected goal. Ratio of the game. I think he had 0.55 xG, which was the highest on the team. Um, you know his his passing percentage was you know 67 percent, which is okay. Um, he uh, he did have he did have 23 duels. And win more than half of them, which is really good for a number nine, um, without fouling all that much. Um, he only committed one foul in twenty-three challenges. Um, so, like he 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 definitely did some work. Um, it, it it was a hard-working shift for him, um, and that's really all you you can say about him because he 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 never really. Had any moments or create or had any moments created for him um, that were uh, that could manifest into anything. Um, I, I think um, when the other players learn how to pass to Shakiri, Shakiri can feed him better. I agree with you. I think I think this will come. Uh, this was a good foundation to build on. The the clean sheet was great. The point is sort of a bonus because I, I mean we said it on the preview show last week. We knew we we knew that this was going to be a process, and basically any points they get out of the first two months are, um, you know they're special because again we hate 
hearing it because we say it every year, it seems like. But this team needs time to learn to play together. Um, and, and I think if they keep having successes like they are, it'll get easier because it's easier to carry momentum uh, than it is to try and regain momentum while still learning what to do. It's easier. It's easier to get better when you're winning than it is to get better when you're losing. And so, if they keep getting points, and if they if they can, you know, beat Orlando, uh, which is is very possible um, on Saturday, because um, I didn't really think Orlando. Um, had a great showing against uh, Montreal, even though they did win two to nothing. Uh, Alexandra Pato scored for them, and and so did uh, Benji Mikhail. So Orlando isn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but they, I think they're beatable. And uh, I mean, Montreal was also fresh off on Concacaf so. Champions League, so that had something to do with it. But uh, we're gonna have to come up and play in the cold, and uh, it's gonna be the rainy cold, actually. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be raining and it's gonna be cold on May fifth. I, I don't think Orlando could do it on a cold, rainy night in Soldier Field, especially with Shakiri there on the lakefront. Yeah, um, let's let's talk a bit about that. I think we pretty much said all we can say on on the draw in Miami. Um. To wrap it up, good result. If you know games uh, devolve into chaos, uh, we now have reasonable confidence that the fire can withstand it better than they can. Uh, better than they be- better than they could last year, right? So where last year it was a guarantee that they were going to drop points if a game turned into the, what the second half looked like in Miami. Now we know that they can, you know, weather that storm. Uh, looking ahead to Orlando, this is another game where the fire can um, try and use that home field advantage a little bit. Even when they were playing poorly, they usually played decently at Soldier Field. Um, what can we expect on Saturday, you think? And, and how is it going to go down? RJ? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they drew. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they won. I'm, I'm talking about the fire. Um, I I do think that uh, Orlando's win against Montreal was, you know, just because of CONCACAF. And um, I think Montreal, you know, on a good day, um, would have steamrolled over them. So I, I think, uh, I think the fire is going to win or at least draw. I mean, first home game, it's going to be a decently sized crowd. I hope. So, we'll have that momentum. Um, do you think they'll come out with the same look, or do you think we're going to get, um, Duran a, a look at Duran at least, maybe even Gutierrez. I don't. I don't think Gutierrez will start. I think for this season, Gutierrez is going to be that. I thought he was going to play well off the bench. Yeah, and I, I still don't think he's ready to start. I mean, I rate him highly, 
Um, but I think later on maybe he can start, but well, not now. Hmm. For Duran, um, he got a shot off like with his first two touches of the game against Miami. Yeah. Um, well, I think you got to start Duran instead of Herbers, don't you? Don't you? The, the the thing is, like Herbers is a soldier field merchant, though. Um, but yeah, Duran's also good. It's it's kind of hard because I also don't want Ivanov off because, you know, him and Sekulich and him and the Shakiri have the thing going. So I I don't know. I mean, I think Duran will be a sub. I don't think he'll start. You know, I could be wrong, of course, but. He'll be super sub though, and I, I think um, really he'll make that impact. I really want him to start though. I think he's good enough to start, don't you? Yeah, but Am I wrong? Am I overhyping? I don't know. I don't think you're overhyping. I think he deserves to start, but it's too early for him to start. If that makes sense. Uh, it really doesn't. I don't I like that 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 he's, he's still fresh. He's still you know, he's not Shakiri. He's not I mean, yeah, he has experience, but you know. So what? Throw him out there. So what? I don't care if he's good enough to play, if he's good enough to play, he's good enough to start and start him. If he's if he's a better option, which I think he is, especially with what we talked about about how the fire or at least what I talked about with how the fire have problems stretching the field. He's the guy who's going to stretch the field for you. You have to play him. And he, he has to start. I think he's just going to be a super sub, impact sub. I think he's going to start early on the second half, like around the 50th minute or so. But I don't think he'll start. And I'm not, you know, I rate him, you know. But I just don't think he'll start. I don't know. It it. I won't say it's gotten to the point where it's infuriating because it's one game. But I I want it. I am desperate to see John Duran on that starting on that team sheet. I mean, I'm, we'll see it eventually. I think we'll see it by the fourth game or so. But I think early on. I mean, what's the difference between game two and game four? Two games, right? Like I, I don't know if I, I, I suppose I, I don't see the point of you know if you know you need to make the move, make the move. Don't wait four games to make the move to see. He's he's what, also on a yellow. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay his quality or whatever, but yeah, he's on a yellow. It's five yellows to a suspension. This isn't this isn't international football. It's five yellows, not not two. Oh yeah, that, that's the lapse of my judgment. I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> I've been watching too much Zimbabwe Premier League, um, instead of preseason stuff from the fire. But uh, I don't think I'll start. He'll come on the fiftieth minute, and he'll I'm... he'll he'll produce magic. In fact, he'll probably produce the game winner. But I don't think he'll start. I mean, you're right. I know you're right. In my heart, in my head, I know you're right. But my heart wants 90 minutes of Sheridan Shakiri and John Duran. 
on the field at the same time. That's what my heart wants. Um, after the match, Ezra, you know, talked about how Shikiri was getting unnecessarily targeted for fouls and the ref should have done more to protect him. I, I, I would tend to agree. I thought some of... I, it, it was a very welcome to MLS greeting from the inner Miami players, some of whom have also been in MLS for the same amount of time as he has. So that's something I suppose worth, worth thinking about. Um, I don't really have any officiating complaints over this in, in game one. I don't think. Do you? No, I mean, they didn't do anything outrageous. No. Um, there's a bit of former fire player news. Uh, it, we should probably talk about um, because it involves your favorite position on the pitch, the manager. Uh, Jesse Marsh is taking over at Leeds United, I guess. That's the thing that's happening. Mm, good luck to him. I agree. I mean, I think sacking Bielsa was, was a bit premature. He was sacked. I mean, mutually parted way. Mutually parted. I think that was still a bit premature. Um, Jesse Marsh is a good person, but you know, good luck with good luck. I guess. Um, I, mean, I, I know your thoughts on Leeds. Um, yes, they should throw all their medals in the bin because they were cheating. Yes. Uh, I'm neutral on Leeds. I really don't care. So, I think Leeds United is funny. Uh, I think that their, their fans, generally speaking, are entitled and they belong in the championship. That's what I think about Leeds United. Um... What else? Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get on out of here and, and do the predictions and the sign out and all that other stuff? And I play the KDA song and we go home. I, I don't know. I mean, talking about Leeds, I'll defend them. I think, you know, they belong in the first division. I'm talking like it's the 80s, but I was even born then. But I don't know. I think Leeds is one of those historic English teams, whether you like them or not. I mean, there's a lot of teams I mean, I'd like to see in the Prem, like Nonham Forest, Derby. I was going to say um, Nottingham Forest. Uh, Blackburn Rovers. I, I think whatever you think of them, you know, they have that pedigree. So, And I guess you have to have a team to hate, right? Yeah. Uh, like the Den- – I was going to say the Denver Nuggets, but who actually hates the Denver Nuggets? Um, Detroit. The Detroit Pistons, even if they're bad, they're, they're hateable. Doesn't Kroenke on Denver Nuggets? Yes. Oh, interesting. No. Um, yeah. Speaking of Stan Kroenke, man, Arsenal gonna get that fourth place trophy for the first time since uh, first time in like six years back in the Champions League. Uh, just in time for the world to end. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it for this edition. Oh, our predictions. Oh, predictions. Right. I ma- I made a bad joke about the world ending and completely forgot about predictions. I think the Fire are gonna win two to nothing. One nil from Duran. To make up for not him starting, so. There you go. That'll be it for this edition of the Hotcast. 
You can find us on Twitter at the Hotcast. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Ruben Tish. You can find RJ on Twitter at RGA underscore zero two. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app. Just search the podcast, uh, the Hotcast, in the search bar on everything except Stitcher because Stitcher hates me. Uh, we are also on the iTunes Store, so or Apple Podcasts, I guess, is what it is now. Give us a rating and review so more people can discover the show. And I don't know, maybe I can finally make some money off this thing. <laughs> we will see you uh, in uh, in a week after Fire in Orlando to break it all down and talk about whatever nonsense that comes to mind. We will see you next week. Bye. See ya.